Welcome to this week's episode of God Talk, and I have too much I need to cover, so I don't want this to become a 40-minute sermon. I'm going to try to do it in about 20 minutes, and uh, let's just see uh, Let's see how it goes. A uh, lot going on in the world. I thought I knew what I wanted to talk about, but then uh, the last couple days, all the talk has been about potentially Roe versus Wade uh, being overturned, and I do want to talk about that a little bit as well. But we're going to start with a little bit of Bible history actually post-Bible history, and then we're going to weave that into maybe uh, some of the events that are going on in today's world. I'm doing a little research for my Bible study later today. I came across someone's name that I had not heard of, someone by the name of Marcion, and uh, he is the founder of Marcionism, which is basically Marcion thought that the God of the Old Testament was was a mean, kind of vengeful, bully, uh, just not real loving God, and that the God of the New Testament, as he reveals himself through Jesus Christ, was not consistent with uh, the God of the Old Testament, and Marcion decided to pick Jesus and uh, uh, forget the God of the, uh, of the Hebrew Old Testament. Well, this really should be a podcast in and of itself, and I think, uh, I think it probably should be, but I wanted to mention at least briefly in this that that just comes from a, a serious... Uh, lack of knowledge of scripture. Um, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, I could give you many incidences in the Old Testament in which God is exceedingly loving, gracious. Scripture just finds him in the Old Testament is loving, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, uh, forgiving as far as the East is from the West. He'll remember their sins no more. What you got to remember is the Old Testament, that's like almost 5,000 years of human history, depending on how you date the earth and so forth. And the New Testament is just like maybe 100 years, right? So <laughs> you're going to have a few more bad examples in the Old Testament, but you have a lot of good examples too. So uh, I bring him up though, because uh, I think in today's day and age, we like to kind of pick and choose the parts of God that we resonate with and resonate with. And, uh, you know, we, we leave out the parts that we don't and we create God in our own image. Now, this isn't just a problem in the early church. That was 144 AD. It's also a problem in, in the modern church. Uh, in fact, uh, we can even, in between that, if we want to think of Thomas Jefferson, most of you have heard of the Jefferson Bible. Well, for Jefferson, uh, he he struggled with religion and faith and belief, and he really didn't want to think about Jesus as being someone who um, did miracles or rose from the dead and, and all that other stuff. That wasn't the important part of Jesus. The important part of Jesus was that he uh, he was an example to live by. So he kind of cut and paste uh, the parts of the Bible that he wanted and uh, left out all of Jesus' miracles, his his resurrection, anything that showed him as God. He, he left it out and he created an 80-some page Bible known as the Jefferson Bible that uh, just included uh, Jesus as, as, as kind of an example for us. Um, and, and so you have uh, Marcion, uh, who, you know, cuts God out of the Bible. Uh, you've got Jefferson, who cuts the most important part of Jesus out of the Bible. And here we are in the world today in which uh, we're looking at Roe versus Wade. 
Um, we're looking at uh, uh, wokeism in Florida. I want to briefly touch on that uh, as uh, the Florida governor is, is trying to ban uh, the, 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 woke, the practice of wokeism, not only in schools, but in um, in businesses. And we also is kind of frosting on the cake. Uh, need to mention Joe Biden's uh, ministry of truth that he's developed. And so I told you there's a lot to talk about. But the underlining foundation of all these problems is really a rejection of the scriptures, or at least a rejection of the full scriptures. Because let's start with Roe versus Wade. You have, uh, you have Biden not having a problem with abortion and he's supposed to be a devout Catholic. Well, how can a devout Catholic not have a problem with abortion? Um, it's because he rejects parts of the scripture. And, you know, if you're not going to submit yourself fully to it, you're going to pervert and you're going to corrupt scripture. Now, you know, I'm almost not wanting to read all the articles on it. Um, I understand there's all kinds of people, you know, protesting outside the Supreme Court. Now, apparently our bodies are our right again. It's not when it comes to a vaccine. Don't get me wrong. For, For a vaccine, it's not your body. When it's killing another person's life, it's your body. Where? Where is the logic in it? This is a podcast in and of itself. I I will never get this done in 20 minutes if I get too much on a tangent. But help me understand. Someone help me understand that when it's a vaccine, it's not your body. But when it's killing a baby, it is. Now, you might say, well, because of vaccine, if you don't get a vaccine, you're going to kill someone else. When you get an abortion, you're going to kill someone else. The illogic and the inconsistency drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, once again, the underpinning of, uh, of this whole thing is, is uh, our lack of understanding of the Bible, of God's word, and really a lack of understanding of history. And honestly, I have a little lack of understanding. It's only to the last month or two I've learned that abortion in the United States is way more liberal than what it is um, even in Europe and the rest of the world. So way to go, United States. Um, you know, n- nice job that we are, you know, the the forefront and evil in the world in terms of killing babies. And even with this uh, potential overturning of the Supreme Court ruling on abortion, all that means is states that want to follow God's rules and principles will be able to, and those that don't, won't. Um, and uh, and so you'll still be able to get your abortion in in New York up to the time that the baby's coming out. California just started passing a bill someone shared with me a couple weeks ago where even a couple months after the baby's born, you're not going to be held responsible um, in case like, you know, they, they find the baby and you claim it was a stillbirth, but but it wasn't, you, you might not be charged for that or because maybe your postpartum, you know, caused you to kill the baby or, uh, you know, maybe you left the, the baby at a safe place. You can't be responsible even a couple months after the baby born. So we've gone from like in some of these states, just not protecting the baby's life pre-birth, but some of them are moving them after birth. Maybe they'll move it to teenagers because if you had teenagers, you probably wanted to kill your teenagers a time or two. We just know better than to do that. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Um, So uh, that's where we are with, uh, with Roe versus Wade. Even if the Supreme Court overturns it, um, the, it will be up to the states. Um, and, you know, I, I really, the Supreme Court's made it very evident that they're 
this isn't a springboard to other things like gay marriage, which, once again, all this does is it leaves it up to the voters. I mean, we are in a democracy, and if we're in a democracy, it seems like uh, voters should decide. Now, that's not biblical, and that's not uh, godly, because a wicked democracy does wicked things. But at least if we're going to be a democracy, how about we leave it up to the voters rather than uh, the courts? Um, You remember the courts uh, forced on America gay marriage, and like somehow... That's protected in the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States talks about that. They're very clear that that it has no implications on that. Um, And I don't think they're going to touch it. I think, uh, but it it would be nice if uh, if we could go back to states deciding um, uh, what we could consider moral, uh, religious, ethical uh, issues uh, rather than being told from the top down how we're going to handle it. All right, so that is the Roe versus Wade, just a 30,000 view on that, a 30,000-foot view. Um, I want to talk briefly. I was uh, thumbing through news earlier this week and came across that Florida has a Stop Woke Act that they're trying to um, uh, initiate and uh, put into effect. And what it does is it not only keeps schools from teaching things like critical race theory but a lot of you are part of companies that give you that diversity training where they teach you that everything that is wrong is right and what is right is wrong and florida is trying to make it so that uh, they can't do that even in businesses in florida and so i I'm, i continue to cheer for governor DeSantis. i hope uh i hope he runs for president i hope republicans aren't uh you know so in love with Trump that that they'll make him the candidate because he's the only one that I think the Democrats can beat. It's not that I don't like Trump's policies. It's I just he lets his personality get in the way. DeSantis doesn't have that same flaw, but he holds many of the same policies. Uh, and uh, and he's really willing to stick his neck out there. And I appreciate it. He says that critical race theory is state sanctioned racism. I've said that forever, that um, that it, it's just racism by a, a different name. It's it, it, it's nothing but racism. And so uh, for companies to have to force racism or to force acceptance of things that are immoral, um, you know, that there's. 27 different genders apparently now with abortion there isn't there's just women there's just women and men so i I do celebrate the fact that we've gotten back to just two genders because apparently the 26 other genders don't really uh have a have a voice or a say in in this uh in this whole uh abortion issue uh but when it comes to uh to florida uh I, i i just listen um if we're going to understand God's word, uh, that we are all equal, then, you know, racism by a different name it, it, it is, should not be accepted any more than uh, what uh, some historic racism has been in this country. And uh, and I just want to uh, bring your attention to what's going on in Florida. And I hope some other states follow that as well. Uh, there's one other uh, item that I wanted to talk to you about in this podcast. And I'll probably spend uh, maybe a few more time, uh, a few more minutes on this one uh, because it gets into the whole um, element of truth. And that is uh, that is Biden's um, Biden's ministry of truth. He doesn't actually call it that. It's called disinformation governance board. A DGB. <laughs> I heard someone point out, yeah, that's very similar to the KGB, just one letter off. But if you've never listened to George Orwell's 1984, you need to listen to George Orwell's 1984 to understand why this should be so troubling to you that a government agency 
has been tasked with um, battling disinformation and promoting truth and using tax dollars to flood the airways to give truth. Now, first of all, the this concept of a ministry of truth, that, that that's what like oppressive regimes do. That's what places like Russia does when they don't want full truth and reality to be known and they're trying to control it. It's brainwashing. And in George Orwell's 1984, that, that's what they do to condition and recondition uh, people so that everyone thinks the same. Now, here's the problem. Uh, I, listen, I'm all for truth. I, I'm more for truth than I am for free speech. I mean, from a, from, from a religious standpoint, I don't necessarily believe in free speech. I believe in truth speech because, and I've said this before in a sermon, Satan used free speech to cause man to fall into sin. But we live in a fallen world. Not everyone's able to discern truth. And so free speech is the best thing that we have because you would hope that as we have a diversity of ideas, uh, truth will rise to the top. So in theory, religiously, it's not. I, I'm not a big proponent of free speech because there's evil and evil deceives. Satan always uses a bit of truth to confuse and to deceive. I understand that this isn't a theocracy, so I am a supporter of free speech. It's the next best thing to tr truly truth speech. But I'll be darned if a government board is the one that should be over that. This is uh, this falls under the Department of Homeland Security. They're the ones that are tasked with um, uh, clearing up misinformation. Now, first of all, what I like to tell people all the time is you ask five pastors their view on something, and you're going to get five different views on it. You ask five doctors their view on things, you're going to get five different views on things. Or maybe not five, but you're going to get multiple views. I remember my son when he was uh, quite young, uh, kindergarten, first grade, uh, he all of a sudden started developing a limp. And uh, he, had to, uh, he had the urge to urinate. Every five minutes, we went on a family trip and, and literally we were pulling over every 10 or 15 minutes for him to have to go pee. Um, we took him to a neurologist. Uh, uh, neurologist couldn't figure out really what was going on. They ended up finding a cyst, but the cyst in his spine did not correlate to where his symptoms were. So the, the neurosurgeon at the children's hospital was unwilling to do surgery because it could not be causing the symptoms. And uh, it's horrible. You know, you, your son is sitting there. He, it's affecting his ability to go to school. Um, he, he developed a limp in his leg. Uh, he couldn't play soccer. He couldn't live because his body was telling him he was in pain. And his body was telling him he constantly had to go to the bathroom, which first started with just a constant urge that you have to pee when you don't. And then even beyond that cramping up where, where your stomach's cramping up and feeling like you're going to have a big intestinal attack when you won't. I mean, I mean, it wasn't real, uh, it, it, but it, the, the symptoms were real uh, because it was a, a cyst that was uh, pushing on the spinal cord, causing uh, the, these symptoms, the, the, your, your nerves to fire, to think these things were happening. Well, 
you know, we spent a lot of time with uh, with the doctor trying to come to a solution with it. Uh, our doctor tended to believe that it was the cyst that was probably causing the problem. But I got into this huge argument with this neurosurgeon. Uh, and frankly, that's being above my my grade to be arguing with a neurosurgeon. But I was. And frankly, I think I was right. And, and I think he was a moron. Uh, but it's like if this was your kid, oh, you, you, you wouldn't even try. You wouldn't even do it. Uh, it's just, it, it's not at the right level. This can't cause these symptoms. This is that. So frustrating. It just so happens that there was a church in Houston that was looking at me uh, to want to call me as a pastor at that time. I shouldn't say it just so happens. God in his gracious glory did this. And um, I, I let the people know that it's not a good time. When I started my own church, I'd be really hesitant to ever leave it. But then I said, uh, plus, I've got this going on with my son and we're trying to work it out. And someone that was on that call committee interviewing me um, said, listen, I know someone at the Children's Hospital down here at hospi- uh, in Houston. L- let me get you an appointment. And sure enough, within days, he got me an appointment. And I went down there. And this is a neurosurgeon at the Children's Hospital in Houston rather than the Children's Hospital in Fort worth i met this guy and this guy actually was willing to think outside the box this guy was actually willing to say uh you know what the neurosurgeon's right uh where the cyst is in the spine should not be causing these problems uh but uh short of anything else possibly causing it uh we have to pretty much think that even though it's pretty much impossible and unlikely that's the cause of it um, and so he was willing to do the surgery, uh, brought my son back to, uh, the neurologist, not the neurosurgeon. We weren't talking anymore. Uh, in fact, the neurologist, uh, had heard about the argument. Apparently it was, uh, it was talked about. Um, and, uh, the neurologist said, you know what, this is what I need. I needed another neurosurgeon to give credence to what I was thinking, what, what he was thinking and what I was thinking, what we both were thinking. And now he was willing to try to treat my son. So they actually, uh, put him into the children's hospital. They were recording that every 10 minutes. My son's having to pee, but he's hardly peeing anything, but yet he's doing it every 10 minutes. Um, and within a day of him being there, they put him on something called baclofen, which uh, what it does is it uh, calms uh, spasticity in the spine. They give it to people after spinal cord injuries. And once they calm the spasticity in the spine, within an hour, the limp's gone. The frequent urination's gone, and my son's life is restored. So what you have is you have two different neurosurgeons that understand the world and science two different ways. The one that, in theory, should have been right was completely wrong, and the one that was, in theory, wrong was completely right. This is the problem with the government and the, their disinformation board, their ministry of truth. It's just their perspective. And we saw it with COVID. You shut down any kind of alternative views. And whenever you isolate yourself to a certain set of views, you you limit your ability to think and to, to understand. If you really think that the majority of Americans are for abortion, then let it go back to the states. Nothing will change. If you don't believe that, then stop trying to force it down everyone's throat. That's truth. If you really think that, like, uh, people are intelligent, then let let people have free speech on Twitter. Let people have free speech on COVID. Let people have free speech. And uh, when you hear the sides, the, the 
truth will rise to the top. If not, you, you don't believe that the people are smart enough to be able to understand and discern truth. And that's really no different than, you know, in 144, you got Marcion that doesn't think that people really understand truth about God and they can't handle the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. So we got to change what the scripture says so that people understand, you know, the, the truth about who God is. No, you don't. You can't understand the truth about God if, you, if you're cutting God's scriptures that define who he is. He's multifaceted. His ways are far beyond our ways. And Jefferson for, you know, that great Jefferson, just because you can't wrap your mind around the fact that Jesus was God and he did miracles and all these other things. You don't help the situation by cutting them out of the Bible and writing your own. Listen, it all comes down to truth. And we're seeing it. It's a battle in this culture about truth. Uh, it has to do with the Supreme Court. It has to do with the, the Woke Act in Florida. And it has to do with Biden's Ministry of Truth. All of this stuff is tied to truth. Truth is known through God and God's word. Scripture says, then you will know truth and truth will set you free. Well, I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I did it in 20 minutes and now 48 seconds. So that was a lot of stuff I threw at you. I didn't get real deep, but a lot of different stuff for you to chew on, to research, uh, and to uh, maybe uh, study a little further on your own. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. God bless all of you.